0: Welcome to the next edition of business law focus it 's great to have Tabbaleng Sekabate with us today who 's from ENS. s uh, she 's um, a tax executive at I&S, and she is speaking at the at the upcoming tax indaba, which is starting uh, started on the 20th, and, uh, and Tiberling is speaking on the 22nd. And interesting topic, in Tiberling, liquidations. Now, the interplay between liquidations and tax is an intriguing one. We'll get into that during the course of the discussion. But I just wanted to start with the numbers at the moment. How bad is this liquidation and insolvency situation in light of the fact that we're just getting through uh, COVID-19, you know, 18 months plus of, you know, devastation out there, we now have the unrest on top of it, which has knocked businesses. I'm assuming the number is not looking good at the moment. Hi, Evan. Thanks for
1: having me. I'm happy to be here. Um, Yeah, you're quite right. Businesses have been very hard hit by COVID first, and then we still are trying to, see what the actual impact of the unrest will be. Um, Obviously, businesses and more the hospitality space, um, personal service space that have been extremely hard hit by by COVID, Um, agriculture and mining has come out quite unscathed, but um, all the businesses that have to do more with personal services that need people sort of moving around and doing things and and being in the economy on a day-to-day basis have taken quite a hit.
0: Yeah, and and the actual stat um, out there at the moment um, is, I think the one that I saw was about nearly 22%, right? Increase year on year.
1: That's right. It's 21.5%. Right. And that's the first seven months of 2021. Ah, of yes. 21. Okay. Seven yeah. months of 2021.
0: Of that, okay. And that's year on year compared to the first seven months of last year. Um, and now, so, you know, we, we've got this um, conundrum of the, the revenue service looking to increase collections. Is this having a big dampening effect on the ability to collect or does SARS have um, the tools to actually collect even even from these businesses?
1: Yeah. So, I mean, Evan, I think we need to keep in mind that in order for SARS to collect, the businesses have to be functioning and actually making money. So, yeah. if businesses are not making money and liquidations are on the rise, this is bad for everybody. Right? That's the first yeah. thing because yeah. SARS can only collect the money that the businesses are making. But... With that being said, there is SARS tends to be the first casualty when businesses start mm. experiencing financial difficulty or going into liquidation, etc. Because obviously the businesses would want to focus on paying their employees, paying their suppliers and their creditors, and keeping their businesses going. And there you'll see, you know, the obligations to SARS kind of take a back seat, so they'll stop paying paye. So while they are collecting it from the employees, they'll stop paying it over to SARS or they'll stop paying um, over the VAT. So SARS has had to kind of focus on, on these businesses that are in distress to see what it should be properly collecting and what it isn't. Um, but yeah, I think it's bad for everyone that these liquidations are on the rise and, and that these businesses are struggling so much.
0: Yeah, and of course, um, when a business is in distress, um, you know, how do they actually manage that process? You know, obviously with SARS as as a creditor as well, what is the advice there? Because obviously you're kind of caught in the middle as a business, trying to pay your employees, obviously, as you say, is is going to be top of mind. You've got creditors. You you actually want to survive as well. You know, there is the question of business rescue. Um, What is the the best approach to, you know, for that business, you know, in distress?
1: I think it depends, um, Evan, because You know, sometimes I don't think liquidation is necessarily a bad thing. And the reason why I say that is it just helps you to stop digging a hole. So Mm -hmm. if you're already in a hole and you owe everybody, um, then it it might be best to just stop while you're ahead and just get the business liquidated and, and start again instead of incurring more and more and more debts when you are technically insolvent. So I don't think liquidations are necessarily a bad thing. Um, if the business can be rescued, then perhaps business rescue is something that the company should should look at to see if a business rescue practitioner can come in and try to turn the company yeah. around. Um, but I, I certainly don't think that it's completely negative to, to liquidate your business as opposed to incurring more and more and more debts and more and more and more creditors which you might not be able to pay at the end of the day. And perhaps it might be prudent from a business perspective um, to sort of pause on your operations while you're going through a hard time such as COVID and, and et cetera, instead of then incurring further debt that you might not be able to pay. So I think it's on a, base, on a case-by-case basis and, you know, the business owners should kind of use their own discretion on how best to, to proceed mm-hmm. when they are in financial
0: distress. Now of course uh, the way that you approach this is is critical because you you could be penalized for understating tax. And I think that's the risk, right? That's the type of thing that you have to deal with. Yes. What is yeah. that penalty? How bad is it and, and how do you get around that?
1: So you know, when when taxpayers start falling behind with their tax obligations, mm. the first thing they have to think about is interest, right? Yeah. And the interest is always accumulating on any tax debt. So you might end up with a much bigger debt at the end of the day than you initially had. That's the first thing. Yeah. And then there's administrative non-compliance. So, for instance, if you don't submit your returns or you don't fulfill your, your administrative obligations to SARS, then they can start um, um, hitting you with penalties on that. And then we have understatement penalties. So, understatement penalties will come into play where you understate your income, for instance, or you take deductions that you're not entitled to, you know, in an effort to sort of decrease your tax liability. And those understatement penalties can range from 10% of that tax debt that you owe, and that's just in a standard case where there's no um, malfeasance on the part of the taxpayer, or up to 200% where there's intentional tax evasion. Malafide
0: as it were, bad faith, yes.
1: Yes, malfeasance, yes. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think... You know, taxpayers should just be careful because if you try to get a bit creative with your tax um, when you're having financial difficulties, then all of these other problems might arise for you. And as, um, you know, I'm sure a lot of people know, with a tax debt, it's pay now, argue later. Yes. So if someone comes knocking on your door and says, well, here's the assessment, here's how much you owe us, pay it by next month, thank you very much, then you can't dispute that debt. Um, so you can't dispute the debt, but you can't dispute the payment of the amount, right? So at the end of the dispute, if you happen to be successful in the dispute, then you'll get your money back with interest, but for the period of the dispute, you will be out of pocket for that amount. That's yeah. the first thing. Yeah. And the second thing that taxpayers need to keep in mind as well is, you know, SARS has the right to go to third parties that owe the taxpayer money mm-hmm. and collect the, the debt from that third party. So they can go to your bank and say, knock, knock, hello bank, have yeah. you have all the money in Mr. taxpayer's bank account? So, <laughs> you know, trying to kind of um, get out of the way of, of setting your tax obligations might not be wise because it could snowball into something a lot more serious.
0: Yeah, and of course, some of these businesses may have been battling a little bit, you know, prior to this as well, um, and they built up these assessed losses, which are quite important, you know, that you want to have these assessed losses, which can limit tax and get you back on, you know, the road to recovery. But the problem is, if you have this this type of issue, um, it, it it can uh, you know place that assessed loss in in jeopardy, as it were. You know, um, it, how how do you approach assessed losses in a situation like this?
1: Absolutely. So, so the idea behind the assessed losses is that taxpayers should only pay tax on profits. Man. Yeah. So in a year that you're loss-making or you break even, then you shouldn't, be, you shouldn't be paying tax. So then they'll roll it forward, that loss, to the next yeah. year. And the next year, and you can offset it against your profits in future years. You can only roll forward your assessed loss, though, if you're trading. So if you stop trading for a full tax year for whatever reason, then you now lose your assessed loss. And if you then pick up your operations again, you basically start from scratch, right? So you lose the benefit of that assessed loss. And if you make a profit, then you're immediately in a tax paying position. So if taxpayers do intend not to liquidate and do intend to carry on with their operations, they should just keep that in mind and try to keep their trade going um, if they do have big assessed losses that they'd like to utilize in the future, because obviously that's a very nice um, kind of tool to have in your in your toolbox, you know, when you're mm-hmm. coming to your tax planning and things of that nature. So if if they don't foresee that they will be liquidating anytime soon, then they should really try to keep their operations going or your tax slate will be wiped clean.
0: Yeah, and of course the Income Tax Act uh, gives SARS quite a few um, uh, powers as well when it comes to, um, you know, ensuring that it... Uh, it gets its fair share in, you know, in these situations. And, and of course, when you are in this compromised pr- position, you will be able to compromise on, on debt uh, with certain uh, creditors, but the tax implications aren't there for that compromise on debt because it's, um, it's, it's actually a recoupment in, in the taxpayers' hands, right? Yeah, so where taxpayers
1: use the, the debt funding, so if you mm. go out and borrow money, and then you use that money to fund tax-deductible expenditure. So let's say your salaries or any of your operational expenditure, and then you claim a tax deduction from that. Obviously now, SARS has given you this benefit, and where you suddenly don't have to pay this debt back, SARS will want their money back in essence. So they'll say, okay, we gave you a deduction for that expenditure, but now we'd like it back, thank you very much, right? So that's where your recoupment comes in. So then they'll add that deduction back to your income, and then you'll have to pay tax on that. Or, if you use debt funding to buy a capital asset, and of course you get a base cost for that asset. And then when you sell the asset in future, you will either get a capital gain or a capital loss. But the bigger the cost of that asset, the smaller your capital gain, right? Yeah. So SARS will then say, well, we've given you this base cost, and now you don't have to pay back this debt that you use to fund this capital asset. So we like to take away that base cost in essence, so when you dispose of this asset, you pay us all our capital gains tax. And which is mm. which is not unreasonable, um, no. it's fair enough, because you did get the benefit in prior years. But the complication in a liquidation scenario is, usually the debts of the taxpayer will then exceed their, their assets, right? So yes. when they make a compromise of their debts with their other creditors, and SARS so suddenly says, oh, hang on a minute, you've now made this compromise and you now need to pay me back your recoupments or whatever, usually there isn't any assets assets left yeah. to, to pay those recoupments. So, SARS so might appear as a creditor in the final liquidation and distribution account, but usually that debt won't be able to be settled in any event because there's no more assets. That or the distribution of other creditors will be decreased, and you know now money paid to SARS because SARS has now a bigger claim um, in the in the liquidation proceedings. So um, taxpayers do just need to be careful of that and keep that in mind. Um, there are a few exemptions to these to these mm-hmm. sections. Um, one in the income tax uh, leg of it is where you have not been trading. Yep. So SARS will say if you haven't been trading for a year and your credit is a connected person and now you waive this debt, we'll exempt you from having any recruitments. And the reason for that is likely if you haven't been trading, then you've lost your assess loss, mm. right? So if now you haven't been trading, you don't have an assess loss, and suddenly you have this tax debt, they recognize that the likelihood of you paying that back is, is you know, slim to none, and therefore, you know, you can just carry on and, and wind up this, the company that hasn't been trading. And then there's an exemption for the capital gains tax portion on a company that's undergoing liquidation as well. So if Mm. you have, um, you know, used debt funding to acquire the acquisition of, of capital assets, and now all of a sudden you are being liquidated, those exemptions might apply to you as well. So I think taxpayers should just Educate themselves and kind of get familiar with these provisions before embarking on any liquidation proceedings or or winding up proceedings
0: yeah, and I know SARS is getting quite tough, you know I know the um, the commissioner said uh, that SARS will act within the law and will p- pursue without fear or favor any taxpayer who is bent on evading their legal obligations. And, and, you know, I suppose they've got that ability. The Tax Administration Act comes in as well and gives them certain rights when, when businesses are even in distress. And so it's it's a difficult environment. Tiberling, um, it's been great chatting to you, um, really sage advice, I think critical advice right now. Um, good to hear that there is, uh, you know, there are some options for businesses that are caught in this difficult uh, predicament. And we certainly look forward to hearing you um, at the Indaba on Wednesday. The 22nd uh, quarter to 12 to uh, quarter past 12 is your slot and and we also look forward to to your writing for us in business day law and tax um in in october
1: <laughs> thank you very much evan this has been lovely i'm um, lovely chatting to you and i look forward
0: to seeing everyone at the tax together thanks okay cheers